nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable as I turn off my TV here. Uh, my name is Harry. Uh, this is the high school edition, so the star of the show is Rafa. How are you, Rafa? Uh, I see you're wearing uh, somebody that got a, uh, a whole lot of extra time, got a uh, penalty call, you know. <laughs> Real Madrid got, Real, got Real, uh, Real Madrid calls, I guess is what you can say. What can you say about the cardiac team? <laughs> it looked like it was over and two goals and injury time and get the winner. And now we're going for the 14th championship against Liverpool. So we'll see. We'll see how that hopefully. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, beating PSG, beating Chelsea, and now Man City, I think we're destined to win this one. My question is, is Man City was up two goals at least three times that I know, mm-hmm. you know, over the two, over the two legs. My son's a Man City fan and, and like, I, you know, the checks and I won't lie. I was, you know, I'm not a big Real Madrid fan. So I was kind of, you know, semi rooting for Man City. Uh, but they just couldn't close the gate or, clo- you know, you know, close the door. They just, they, they, you know. Real Madrid uh, kept pulling it back, you know, both, at, you know, you know, in Manchester and, uh, you know, you know, at where the game was played today. So mm-hmm. kudos, my friend. So we're here to talk about uh, the, the San Antonio High School um, and surrounding area, even going all the way out to Uvalde, uh, you know, uh, they're, the, the, you know, sneaker, uh, they are on the uh, top 20 for uh, 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 on one of the lists here. Uh, just to kind of ask, you know, kind of open up before we get into your top 20 list. What was kind of your overall thoughts on, on the season as whole? Not necessarily specific of, you know, teams or anything like that, but just overall, you know, for, you know, for San Antonio High School uh, along those lines. I, I think our quality of play has gotten a little bit better. Um, even, even though I know for 6A and – and 5A boys side, it wasn't, rep- you know, we weren't represented there or as far as the San Antonio area team. Um, the girls, I think, for 6A really improved this year, mm-hmm. especially from la- last year was, a, you know, they there were some games that sh- they should have won, and and that was dominated by the Austin teams, and which we'll, we'll discuss some of the upsets that we had for the girls' side, and even though, you know, with one of them fell a game short, you know, it, they kind of rebounded back. And, you know, and there were some teams that surprised 
that you know we had under the radar and they made the best out of it and then there were some teams that we thought were going to be contenders or you know or you know little dark horses that really you know fluttered and really didn't get to do much so but you know like i said so it was a great season and i think also it's a post kind of pandemic season because last year we were kind of worried about you know, are we going to get through the playoffs or not? You know, we, you know, we're just kind of getting back to things after the season before that was canceled. So this one didn't really. I know earlier the season there were so a couple hits with COVID, but I think everything kind of bounced back and then everything kind of ran smooth for this playoff. So we didn't have any issues. But overall, I think it was a lot better. I think I can. I think I'm expecting better things in 2023. And hopefully, you know, some of those teams, you know, kind of use that as a basis to build upon that and then move forward and try, really kind of make a statement. And hopefully, like I said, San Antonio really, you know, starts to dominate the regions and, you know, put leave uh, Austin to dust. <laughs> you know, that's what, you know, we're going to do the same thing what SAFC did on <laughs> the Austin FC. So we got to, we got to, they have to step it up this year, this coming year. What's one of the things that you think that uh, San Antonio soccer could improve, whether it's on the boys or or girls side um, along those lines? And it's not necessarily in comparison to, you know, Austin or the Valley, just mm. just more, you know, here here in the city uh, and you know surrounding areas. What's one thing that you know we could look to improve um, in this next year, whether it's for athletics or for the school specific? I think the big thing is, is is more teams need to challenge themselves. And I, and I think that's something we discussed in the 50-50 podcast. And, and you know, we had some analytics on that as far as records and so forth. Well, we've yeah. discussed it with Southwest as well. It's, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's one of them that, you know, I, I would like to see them play up, go up north and play some of the Dallas teams. And I think that would help them really – play at a different speed, you know, learn how to play at a different speed and also different level of, of you know, competition because uh, Georgetown's kind of been their, their little thorn on their side. And and knowing Georgetown, they go up there, you know, to the, those areas and play some of those teams. So you, and then I guess the same thing with the girls side, you know, you got to, you got to have to be challenging yourself, you know, playing. I know some go to the, to the Houston team, Houston area tournaments, which they have great teams. But I think now is probably the best time to go up to the Dallas area because we had a bunch of state champions from the Dallas area. They dominated. You know, you had the two Wakeland schools. You had uh, South Lake Carroll, and then you had um, uh, Salina for the girls. Uh, you know, this year Houston had a blank. <laughs> they, they did a, a total goose egg. Mm -hmm. So we know we're ahead of them. This is, okay, how can we close the gap with the Dallas teams? And and that the way you do that is go going up there and playing them during the preseason, you know, the, the non-conference, you know, season if if possible. But I know it's difficult, especially if you're in one of those ten team districts. But if you're able to do it, I, I recommend playing. You know, get out of your comfort zone, go play some elite teams. That's gonna, you know, and it's gonna make you better in the long run, especially for the playoffs. What about inviting, like, you know, the Northeast Showcase, the Northside Showcase? Uh, I think Southside's got one uh, along those lines. 
inviting some of those schools down here is that something that's doable or because all the talents and i won't say all the talent, but the tougher competitions up in the dallas fort worth area it's there's really not an incentive for them to come down is that part of it or you know where we have to go to them instead of you know inviting them to come down that's part of it um i know this year the girls state champions which was Salt Lake curl they came down here you know, they played Reagan. I think they tied them. And then Bernie Champion tied them, but they beat them in PKs. So that was good to see some teams from that area. I don't know if they're willing, more of them are willing to come down here. Maybe if they hosted at, you know, a different facility, like at, like at Star or, I mean, even at Toyota. Because, you know, Toyota's on during the off season. you know. It'd be nice to have a couple, you know, a few games in there. I think that'll attract some of those teams that, hey, we get to play at at a real nice first-class facility. And I think that's the big, you know, deal-breaker when it comes to that, you know, because more than Dallas are playing at top-notch facilities and so forth. So, Especially by Frisco, yeah. Yeah, especially Frisco, yes, yeah, especially when your your high school's across from the NC (laughs) Dallas Stadium. Um, So – so it doesn't hurt to play there at the Star or or there at or there at FC Dallas at uh, the Toyota Stadium. Um, so maybe that's something they can look maybe look into, and it'd be nice, you know, even getting in conjunction with SAFC. You know, they can partner up and doing like a mega, kind of like a mega showcase. You know, mm-hmm. kind of really like Austin has theirs that the Lake Showcase that's co-hosted by Westlake and Lake Travis. I think maybe San Antonio needs to do something similar to that. And, you know, but playing at the these, you know, first-class facilities, you know, they're at Star or they're at Toyota, I think that'll bring a lot of those teams that come down here. Plus, you know, the weather will probably be a little bit nicer than it is in Dallas during that time, too. We say that, but whenever high school season starts, it's, you know, it could be, you know, mid-70s, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden high school season starts, it's, you know, 50s and wind and through there here but uh any final topics you want to get in on on the season before we start with the uh uh we're gonna start out with the girls uh season ending uh, power rankings uh, any final comments that you got on the season you know whether it's some of the sites that you've seen any any things that you're looking to possibly you know go to next year new programs new i think what the new uh uh new uh, divisions come out uh yeah the new, uh, came out along goes the you know for that here so any yeah, final the, thoughts before we uh jump into the rankings yeah the new district realignments already came out so this is gonna be interesting how some of these teams are gonna you know go up against each other um i know, I know like for there's some teams that moved over to one district there's a new school that's coming up um some some changes around the region and it, it's gonna it's gonna be you know and some new and new and new rivalry games too and like for example I got one that's gonna be interesting game ne- uh, this come this next year uh, like Bernie Champion versus Finson Valley that's gonna be probably one of the top games here in our region for you know for, for the girls side so so we'll see how, how how that stands out and hopefully like I said we'll what they've a lot of these teams learn from this so hopefully they'll become able to step it up you know, and start contending. And you know, again, hopefully we'll get a girls team, in, in six, especially 6A in the final. So my final thought is I want to give a, a huge shout out to the 50-50 podcast and Coach Kano. Uh, it's, to me, it's been a great partnership between 
the the two shows i know you've you know especially during the playoffs uh um you know you uh you, you know you and him you know go back and forth uh, uh, quite a bit here on that here so I do want to think a, a huge shout out to coach Kano uh and, and all that he does and uh to me like I said here it was it was it was a joy to watch uh the games i didn't make it out as many as you did but uh like I said here congratulations to all the seniors uh and looking forward to the upcoming freshmen uh and seeing if there's any dynamic freshmen that will uh, make a difference uh, for that here so so let's get into the 2022 season ending girls power rankings and uh, number 20 uh the edison golden bears uh 18 wins eight losses uh, one draw uh they finished second in, in 5a division uh, d27 in the playoffs they did beat southwest legacy and then they ended up losing to the powerhouse dripping springs in uh, the area playoff round here, but uh, your thought on the Lady Edison? Uh, Edison had a really good season. They uh, were a couple penalty kicks away from winning their district title, and that could have made them go to a different round. But you know, kudos to them for what they did this year, and you know, uh, winning a playoff game was uh, it's a great start for them. You know, and I'm, I'm sure they ran into a. a like I said, that second round game, they ran into a buzzsaw that was, uh, you know, taking out teams left and right until until they got to the regional final, which we'll talk about in a bit later on. But good season for Ed for the Edison Golden Bears for the ladies there. Uh, do you know if they were kind of a senior laden team where it's something that they can build on, or is it something that you know, this was a senior laden team, so where you know they might fall back a little bit next year? I'm not too sure because I didn't see get to see their roster. Um, ho uh, you know, like I said, hopefully they'll, you know, they have a core group to come back and maybe, you know, contend. I know next year is going to be very difficult in that district 27 because now, you know, now they're going to have, um, Alamo Heights in that district. So their Alamo Heights is probably going to be the favorite in that district. So, you know, can they contend with them, you know? And, and try to knock off Heights for that district title. We're, we're just going to have to see till, till 2023. Moving on to number 19, uh, Cibolo Steel, the Knights, uh, 15 wins, eight losses. Uh, they finished third in, in uh, 6A D27, and they lost to Reagan in the uh, by district playoffs. So, uh, not a bad team uh, to go out uh, to. Uh, Reagan was a, a very solid team, and I think uh, they'll be. Highlighted in in the in the uh, power uh, power twenty uh, somewhere up the, you know, later on, but uh, your thoughts on steel? Uh, steel, what can you say about them? They do play very tough teams. as a great group, you know, of players that they have, and hopefully, you know, out of this they'll bounce back. I think they're going to be a content now that Vincent Valley's out of that district. I think they're going to be. I think them or Clemens are going to be one of the two favorites for that for that district for that twenty six, or for that twenty seven six A title for for next for next year. Moving on to number eighteen, the Jefferson Mustangs. Eighteen wins, seven losses. They finished first in five A uh, district twenty seven. Uh, they did get a win in the by district round, but then they lost to Bernie Champion in the area playoffs. So. Your thoughts on Jefferson? Uh, Jefferson had some adversity this year. They, 
like I said, they had to win their district title in PKs. Um, a good win in the first round, but they ran into a very good and very solid Bernie champion team, which we'll probably see later on. Um, so, and I, I think this team was kind of a little senior laden. I did hear that they are look, um, their coach is no longer with them. Uh, so they're going to have a new coaching staff next year. So we'll see who picks up, you know, the reins there. And hopefully they, like I said, they know they'll have a successful, they have a successful program. Hopefully they can take it up a notch, you know, and, and improve on what they've that foundation they've built there. So, like I said, they're going to be contention with uh, with Alamo Heights and, and Edison next year. So it's going to be fun watching that district. Number seventeen, uh, the Lady Unicorns from uh, New Braunfels, fifteen wins, six losses, three draws. They finished six in District Twenty Seven and Six A. Um, they did lose in the by district round to uh, uh, runner up. Um, or pardon me, to the third seed from, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, in Johnson uh, for, I think that was 28, right? 27, 28? Uh, 28, Yeah, so um, thoughts on, on the Lady Unicorns? Uh, this is another team to kind of keep her out for next year. Now that I got to mention that, now that Swenson Valley is going to move down to 5A. Um, I, I forgot to mention New Braunfels. I think New Braunfels, Clemens, and like I said, and also steel. Those are you're going to probably going to be your top three teams in 27-6A, and they're going to be they're going to be battling out for for that district title. So it's probably going to come down to like the kind of similar to what uh, District 29-6A. We had three teams that were contending all the way to the last the last few games. So it's going to be fun watching watching this district, and and I, I think the unicorns are really looking. Hopefully, they can build upon this and get past the first round and get into, you know, maybe deep into the playoffs next year. Number 16, uh, the Madison Mavericks, uh, 12 wins, five losses, six draws, finished fourth in, I believe, a, a, a tough uh, District 28. Uh, they did also lose to Smithson Valley in the by district, uh, but your thought uh, thoughts on the Mavericks? Uh, that This is another one of the tough teams in that 28-6A that's probably one of the toughest districts for girls soccer in the state. And um, like I said, we had six teams that could probably have qualified for the, you know, the contention for now in the district time, but playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm going to, like I said, they'll, I think they'll bounce back next year, uh, depending on the numbers they have. But, you know, I think that district helps them prepare to get them ready for next year's uh, playoff run. And I think they'll be surprised if, you know, Madison can be a contender for it for the district title for 286A. What's up, Mr. Gomez? How are you? Number 15, uh, I you already mentioned their name a couple of times here, but Alamo Heights, 14-5-4. Uh, uh, they finished third in, in uh, 5A-26. Uh, they did lose to Liberty Hill in the by-district playoffs, which, uh, if memory serves me, was a pretty competitive game, and, and Liberty Hill's very uh, – uh, you know, very solid. Matt, we're not discussing uh, Hala Madrid. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Alamo Heights, you know, they're in that district with Liberty Hill and Bernie Champion. And they had a little speed bump in, in, in that district because you also had a couple contenders with Canyon and also Buda Johnson. Uh, so they ran into a Liberty Hill team that was one of the favorites in the region. Um, they lost a tight one with them and it could have gone either way. Uh, but next year they're going to be in district 27, uh, 27, I think, believe 20 or oh no, 28. 
I think six A or uh, five A. Um, so they're gonna be or twenty seven. Well, or, or I think twenty. Yeah, twenty seven five A. Excuse me about that. Um, they're gonna be the favorite for that district. So like I said, they're gonna be competing against the SAIs, D schools, and and MacArthur, which is dropping down from six A to five A. So, so the, for them for next year, I think they'll bounce back, but. They do got to get themselves ready or for the non in, in non district play, especially if they're going to try to make a, a run in the playoffs. So here's a question for Alamo Heights. They've been a powerhouse, and, and, and you know, there's others that are on the list as well. Um, is it just that they've got a great foundation, um, you know, underneath them, where you know they've had longevity with coaches, or um, is it just that they're in that that primary where where club is so easy to uh, to play? A little bit of that, but I think they've built a really good uh, foundation there. And like I said, they've always been a, one of the perennial powers for the region. Um, like I said, they've gone, they run from the state play, you know, into the state tournament. So, like I said, seeing them, like I said, I've saw, I got to see them a, couple, a few times. Uh, they have a lot of talent there. Even their JV teams have a very, very good talent that's coming up. So they don't really. Because they don't re, they just reload. They don't rebuild. They reload. Yeah, they reload. So and so that's that's one of the top. Like I said, for them, they're one of the top programs here in San Antonio. And like I said, I know they're switching districts. Um, is is it going to be helpful for them being that district? We don't know, but you know, just don't count on this team because, like I said, they, like I said, you know, losing Liberty Hills, no. Like nothing, nothing to be ashamed of because th that team was, was just you know to take them to a three to two. It says something about the Alamo Heights program. So I think they'll bounce back, and I, I want to be surprised if they, they make a, a a deep run next year. So I guess, like I said, they have the great tradition and the foundation there. So number fourteen is a team that got on a playoff run. Uh, you know the lowest rank of the regional quarterfinals uh, in uh, candidates that you have. Uh, the Davenport Wolves, uh, 11-6-5. They did finish fourth in, in District 26. Uh, they did beat uh, Gateway College Prep in, in the by district They did beat Lavernia in the area. Um, they did lose to Wimberley in the regional quarterfinals. Is it just that they got hot, or was their path a little bit simpler you know, than, than others? Just kind of, you know, it, it's kind of weird seeing – you know, you know, a regional quarter finalist down at 14, but when you look at the record, you can kind of see, you know, it doesn't necessarily add up if that makes sense. Yeah. Davenport was, like I said, they were the surprise. Um, they knocked off a 20, 21 team that won the district title. And I think that shows how, how deep and competitive uh, district 26 four a is, you know, cause you have Wimberley, uh, you have Canyon Lake, you have Bernie, um, and it was, I think all that prepared them to make this run and, you know, beating a, a good, uh, another upstart, which was the Lavernia girls team, um, you know, and they get to the quarterfinals and they took Wimberley to the limit. I mean, mm -hmm. the previous two times, you know, that, you know, they, they had kind of, you know, tough losses, but this one, they went up to Wimberley and they almost pulled it off, but, you know, kudos to them. And this is, this is one team you got to keep your eye on for, for next year. I said they'll have probably return quite a few lettermen back, and you know don't be surprised if they're the one that could they'll be a contention for that district title. They're a newer school too, right? Yeah. yeah so they'll they'll have they'll have the numbers coming back. So 
just keep an eye on them. I think that I think what Davenport needs to really do is you know kind of set the bar a little bit higher, play a little with some tougher teams. I think that'll get them ready for that for that district run and and make another deep playoff run. I, I think that you can say they can do another deep run here, maybe get past the quarterfinals. Moving to number 13, lucky number 13, uh, the Uvalde Lobos. Uh, 18 wins, three losses. Uh, they were first in 4A27. Uh, they did beat Gonzalez, but they did lose to Bernie in the area playoffs. I know this is a team that initially started out real hot. Um, and, you know, we kind of questioned, if memory serves me right, questioned who they played a little bit. Uh, kind of that, that Southwest uh, feeling a little bit here. But uh, your thoughts on Uvalde and, and the great season that they had? Yeah, well, I did get to see them play when they played the Bernie. I did live stream that game, and they 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 stuck around. You know, so they stuck around in that game, and they almost equalized in the right in the first few minutes. And who knows what could that outcome could have been from that? But then that, like I said, Bernie took over that game and really flexed, showed their talent and how deep they are. And I think from Ovalis, you know, you know, they do need to maybe prepare a little bit more. As far as with the non-district schedule, um, you know, really challenge themselves because that district they're in, it's not maybe maybe not as competitive maybe as what the district uh, Bernie's in. So that's something they need to look look into. Play some you know some tougher teams, even play some five A teams. You know, just get yourself ready because you know play at the you know teams at this level. And who's to say that you know they don't get make a breakthrough and get through this you know third or fourth round. So here's a question, and it's kind of for teams like Uvalde, uh, teams in the Valley, uh, you know, maybe even, you know, teams that are not near major, you know, metro areas here. Because um, 4A is becoming, you know, a growing league uh, for it here. Obviously, to be able to travel, um, you know, there, there's an expense there. Um, generally speaking, they probably don't have the facilities to host tournaments along those lines here. So is, is it just one of those things where they're going to have, you know, you, if you're going to be developing a program that you're going to have to, you know, make trips to San Antonio, especially early in the season, more frequently, you know, maybe that you want, or maybe down to the Valley or what, what, you know, if you're kind of, you know, the, the sports director of Uvalde or, or, you know, certain area teams around the, um, you know, Valley or, you know, you know, over, you know, you know, like Gonzalez, that type of, you know, that type of area, mm-hmm. how would you best, tr- you know, try, you know, try to set the, you know, set, you know, set the preseason up? Cause it's, it's easier to say, Hey, play somebody. But then when it comes into the, the, the administration side, I'm assuming that's probably a little bit easier said than done. Is that correct? Well, it depends on in the administrators of your ADs allows you to go to certain places. And I, and I know, from past experience, like when I was in Del Rio, you know, we made sure we played, uh, you know, teams that were that was going to get us prepared for for a, for a district play, you know. So we went out to West Texas. We went out to like Midland, Odessa, to play some of the El Paso area teams that were really good at possession. We played some uh, Pan, you know. I know we we're going to see some Panhandle teams that are very physical. So that only made us better. It also made us tough. Made us tougher too. And we were like, since we played in that Northside district, and we were, we bullied teams because we knew how to play the ball. You know, we knew how to play physical, but the right way. You know, we weren't hurting teams and so forth. It just prepared us for that. So I think 
I think these programs need to kind of look look out of the box and you know and you know I you know it's nice to have a winning record but make sure you know you know you got to challenge yourself you got to challenge to say okay how good is my team is against the best teams you know some of the top teams around the area or even the state and that way I can say okay what do I need it and and from that you're going to learn where, where your team is at and you know f- fix what needs to be fixed and then plus and get you prepared for the district play, but also for the playoffs. That way, you're not caught off guard of the, you know, of the speed of the game for some of some of these elite teams. Number twelve, uh, the Lady uh, Dragons out of Southwest. Uh, Twenty wins, four losses, one draw. Finished first in five uh, AD twenty eight. They beat Burbank in the by district, but uh, lost to uh, Liberty Hills in the area playoffs. So that's two uh, teams that Liberty Hill knocked out. Uh, you know, in the San Antonio area. Uh, thoughts on on the Lady Dragons? I mean, so they're a great program. Like I said, they breezed breeze through District 28, 5A. A uh, great win over Burbank, but you know they ran into a very solid, talented Liberty Hill team. And like I said, they are going to have a coaching change next year. What do I heard? What I've heard. Um, so we'll see who comes into this program, inherits this program, and see what they can do to take it up to the next you know, I guess the next level you know how can you get out get out of the area playoff or if we play if they play a team like Liberty Hill or you know over that caliber can they succeed and in, in get into the next round so one of the like I mentioned before that's it's, it's going to come down to playing some of the elite teams firsthand you know in the beginning of the season to get you prepared for that to see what you're going to see on the play in the playoffs so both the boys and the girls from southwest could have new coaches i know the the boys coach left uh mid-season to take the uh yeah texas a&m san antonio uh position interesting number 11 the first taps uh school here uh antonian apaches 18 wins six losses two draws uh, they did finish second in Division One, Region Three. Uh, they beat St. John Prep, uh, twelve in area. Lost to St. Agnes Academy in, in the regional playoffs. Uh, for that here, uh, but you know, for you know, for the Taps, uh, Taps area, they were one of the uh, top teams in the area. Although I think you and I, you know, if memory serves me uh, right, we were a little surprised that how early they left. Uh, yeah. They went out in the playoffs. Yeah, I thought I thought they were gonna maybe make a little get into the state tournament, but I was a little surprised that they got knocked up by St. Agnes Academy. But I, I think Antonio girls are gonna they're gonna bounce back. Um, you know, so they'll be they'll be ready for next season. Like I said, they'll be I think they'll be in contention of winning that that Division One Region Three t- uh, district title, um, and then hopefully they can knock down the door to get into the state playoffs and hopefully win, win that state championship. So in number 10, in that same region, uh, finished first in uh, Region 3, uh, the San Antonio uh, C- uh, Christian Lions. Uh, they beat Concordia Lutheran in the area, but they lost to uh, St. Uh, P.S. Uh, X in, in the regional playoffs. And I know that was uh, somewhat of a surprise to us because, you, know, uh, you know, San Antonio Christian um, had one, you know, their, their, uh, their region. And, and I, I know I thought they would go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then, then the second playoff round or well, third playoff round because that'd buy in the first one. Yeah, SA Christian, like I said, they had a win in the district title, the great season for them. Um, just a tough loss against Pius the 10th, and 
hopefully they can say they can build upon that for next year. And and I know for the Taps girls for six A, it's very, it's one of the toughest, um, you know, uh, I guess it's for classifications for girls soccer for and that you know for, for for Taps. And I know I know the Dallas teams have been dominating the last few years, and hopefully, like I said, either you know San Antonio Christian or or the Atonian that will finally get breakthrough get into the state tournament and hopefully bring back a state title. So that that'd be great as far as advancing the programs them so moving on to number nine uh the lady raiders uh taft over on my side of town uh 16-5-4 they finished third in uh, 6a uh, district 29 uh they went pretty far in the playoffs they beat laredo united in the by district they beat uh, la jolla juarez lincoln in the area and then they lost uh two uh the I think it's district rival uh, O'Connor in, in the regional quarterfinals in, in a, a fairly competitive match. Uh, I think that was what the third one uh, for that here. Yeah, that Taft had a re- really great run. Um, and they were, they were in contention for the district title. And, you know, it was a, it was a three-team race. And then, you know, they had a little couple losses. and But the one that uh, a big a big signature win was a, a win over O'Connor towards the end of the season and that actually cost O'Connor the district title. And right. I'm sure, and I'm sure O'Connor <laughs> remembered that in that quarterfinal. And, and Cause then, that was on the last weekend, right? Or fairly close to it. Close to it. And, and that could have changed a lot of things as far as, you know, the, you know, the runs in the playoffs, but you know, and I think O'Connor remember that and in which I guess we'll get in the bit once we talked about them, but you know, what can you say about Taft? You know, Taft's got a great program. You know, and I'm sure they're going to be contention again next year again um, for 2023, and they have some good solid core players coming back. So I wouldn't be surprised if they'll be, you know, maybe the, maybe this could be the year next year could be the year they finally win the district title. Who moves out of uh, District 29? Uh, was it O'Connor? It was Marshall. Oh, Marshall. Okay, so O'Connor will still still be, still be there uh, for that here. Yeah, right. Iota slipping in for them. Uh, number eight, uh, Johnson Jaguars, uh, 18, five and three. They finished third in, uh, district 28. Uh, they did beat New Braunfels. They did beat Lake Travis and they lost to Reagan in the regional quarterfinals. Uh, district 28 was a powerhouse, uh, conference here. So, um, you know, it just, uh, you know, beating Lake Travis and beating New Braunfels, uh, you know, great playoff run and probably one of the tougher ones, but, you know, before they faced Reagan, if, if, uh, based mm-hmm. on my experience, yeah, uh, yeah, the Lady Jaguars, William. What can you say? They had a great season. Uh, they were cl- almost close to you know winning the district title. That just faltered a little bit towards the end. I know they had a big, you know, the first go around with that a big win over Reagan, and but then the second second turnaround, the second time they played, you know, Reagan kind of get a little payback on that. But in the playoffs. Um, especially that second round game, no one gave them a chance to make on Lake Travis was one of the favorites that a lot of people thought maybe they're going to be the representative for region four and to go up there to Canyon Lake and knock them off. What a signature win for their, for their program. And, and then the next game, the, you know, playing Reagan for the third time, it was like a heavyweight boxing fight and they lost and, you know, to one zero on a, on a little, on a goal that was shot from pretty far away. And, but, you know, 
can't hang your you know, like I said, my I tip my hat to to the Lady Jaguars and and don't be like I said, don't be surprised again. They're gonna be one of the top teams again for for next year, and I think there'll be a contention for winning the district title, and hopefully they can get in breakthrough and get into the state, state uh, the regional tournament uh, the regional tournament. Number seven, uh, the Clark Cougars, uh, 21 wins, four losses, two draws. Uh, they won uh, District 28. They beat Clemens. They beat Austin High School. And then they came up short against Austin Westlake in the regional quarterfinals. Yeah, Clark, you know, I was at one of the strangest games that they had. Uh, they were subbing one of their players in and out, only on corner kicks. And I found the, I got to figure out why i guess because she was playing basketball too i guess at the time when i heard um but great season for them they won the district title in that tough 28-6a um beat two good teams in the playoffs i really thought they were going to beat westlake you know i you know seeing the talent that clark had it's like i think clark can get get the, get the win here and get into the state and the regional tournament but it was not to be you know i think westlake you know was able to take you know take care of business but uh i see clark coming back i said they'll be in contention again next year uh they'll, they'll have a good another good squad um so hopefully like i said this is not the you know it's not like i said this roadblock with the austin schools hopefully they can turn it around and and get through and punch their ticket and get to the regional tournament number six uh the o'connor panthers uh 22 wins three losses two draws they did Finished runner-up, as we just discussed earlier, due to a loss to Taft. Uh, in the playoffs, they did beat uh, Laredo Nixon. They beat Harlingen. Uh, they did beat Taft. Um, but then they lost to Austin Westlake in the regional semis. Uh, great season for O'Connor. Um, Should have won the district title, but, you know, that game with Taft cost them the title, so they had to go to a different route. Took care of business of Nixon, took care of business of Harlingen. Got some revenge against half, and I was really looking for them uh, against playing against West. Like I said, well, they're a very talented team. I think what hurt them is not having their best player out there. Um, was it? Chloe? I think it's Chloe Ramirez. Yeah, I think she had a, a season-ending injury, and I think that was a big factor in, in that game. Uh, I think having her there, I think, could have made a difference. You know, as far as the results, but. You know what can you say about O'Connor? I think I think they'll be a good they'll be good again next year. Uh, I do know that they're going to have a they are going to have a coaching change, so they have an opening there. So we'll see who they bring in. And you know, like I said, they have a tall task. You know, can they replicate? You know, can that new coach replicate what they did this past year? And then, like I said, I think the like I said, the talent there is just can kind of take their business. And then. Speaking of uh, 29, uh, the Brennan Bears, 23-3-2, uh, uh, first uh, in District 29, beat Laredo United South, beat Los Fresnos, beat Enberg Vela, uh, lost to Reagan in the regional semifinals. Uh, so we had Taft at nine, we had O'Connor at six, we had Brennan at five for District 29. Uh, do you kind of foresee that possibly shaping up next next year as kind of that three you know three legged race as well, or um, do you see one of these teams kind of you know taking a uh, taking a step after you go at, you know, and you can answer that after you go over the the Bears? Well, Brennan, like it's a great season. 
No, they because I did uh, live stream their game against O'Connor. They lost that game, and it didn't look good for them about winning the district title. Unless, but Tap did them a favor. I'm sure for the Brendan Cook give that's a little thank you note for that. And they, like I said, they had a great run. Uh, did see them, you know, the game versus Reagan, and I I thought they were, you know, they had a legitimate shot. They were winning, and but Reagan was able to find a way to win, and and. Like I said, it was a tough loss for them, but they're going to have a good core back. I know they have, I think they have their leading scorer com coming back, so they're going to be – I think it's still be like a three-team race next year um, go going into 2023. So don't count the Lady Bears out, you know, as far as going um, – making another deep run and getting to the regional, uh, regional tournament again next year. And moving to number four, a team that we've heard uh, two or three times already. Uh, oh, I didn't, we didn't catch this. Uh, the Reagan Rattlers, uh, four right here, 22 wins, three losses, three ties. Uh, second in, uh, finished second in uh, District 28. Cibolo, uh beat Cibolo Steele in the by districts, beat Austin Vandergriff in the playoffs, beat Johnson in the regionals, beat Brennan in the semis, and then lost to Austin Westlake in the regional uh, regional finals here. Uh, so obviously a great season by uh, the Reagan Lady Reagan Rattlers uh, for that here. But uh, your thoughts? Well, last year Reagan was manhandled in the playoffs in the second round, and I was there at that game. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm I know for sure they they had that on their mind and how to find a way to redeem themselves. And like I said, they finished in second in district, which I said was a tough, like I said, it was one of the toughest districts in the state. Uh, great win over Steele. And then get some revenge on Austin Vandergriff because Vandergriff dismantled them last year. And to go up there to the Austin, you know, go up there towards the Austin area and beat them, you know, was a great, it was a great boost for them. And then, Another great game with a with the third third time the the third match with Johnson, like I said, back and forth until finally they were able to sneak one in, you know, in, in the overtime and um, knock off a great Brennan team. Comeback win for that for them, and then really thought they were going to beat Westlake, you know, I said because they had been on a roll, but Westlake was able to take care of business. And but no shame on on the Lady Rattlers; they had a great season. I think they really redeemed themselves from what happened last year, and and like I said, hope, we'll see how they how they turn out next year. I think they'll still be one of the mm -hmm. favorites for twenty six A, and I think they can make another deep run again uh, in the playoffs. Number three, uh, the Bernie Greyhounds, uh, 20, 20 wins, four losses, uh, five draws, finished uh, second in four A twenty six. Uh, went all the way to the state uh, semifinals. They uh, beat uh, Austin Achieve in the by district, Uvalde in the area playoffs, which I believe is the match that you went and saw. Uh, Canyon Lake in the regional quarterfinal, uh, Santa Gratitudes in the semis. Uh, a tough Cal Allen team in the regional finals, and unfortunately lost to the state champion Salina in the state semis. Um, hell of a year for the Greyhounds. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't look good for Bernie during the district season because they had some tough losses and early on in the year we were kind of hey uh, what's going on <laughs> yeah because I had them as one of my favorites to go to state and and like I say Wimberley ended up winning that dis that district and I was like is there something wrong with them and 
you know, are they going to be able to make a run? But they got everything together in the playoffs, knock off Austin Achieve, knock off a good Avala team. I, th- I think they were really seeking revenge on that Cat Allen game because they lost to him last year. We, we expected them to make the state tournament last year, but Callum ended up knocking them off. But so to beat the, the state finalists from 4A last year was a great confidence boost, but they just ran into a really good Salino team that uh, their leading scorer is going to go to Texas Tech. And like I said, she's been a buzzsaw that we actually got to interview her a few weeks ago at the, uh, the 50 50 podcast. And um, but what a great season for Bernie, you know, to bounce back. The scary part, they're returning a lot of their players and there are a lot of underclassmen. So they're going to probably be the favorite. Uh, for not only the district title, but also I think for the region, possibly even the state title too. So you know, don't don't count out the Burning Lady Greyhounds. I think they're going to be one of the teams to watch for next year. Number two, uh, also out of Bernie, uh, can't believe I missed that. Bernie champion, uh, twenty wins, four losses, three draws. Uh, second in D twenty and five A D twenty six beat Georgetown. Uh, beat Jefferson, uh, beat Liberty Hill, uh, beat McAllen. Uh, the shocker for everybody beat Dripping Springs and unfortunately lost to Grapevine, who finished runner up in the state semifinals. Uh, what a great season for, for Bernie Champion. Um, you know, we, me and Coach Connor actually went to go see them playing the, the first game they played against uh, Dripping Springs, and Dripping Springs pretty much manhandled them. And the second game they played, uh, they had a lead, but they lost. You know they were playing, and then Jersey was playing a man down, but they lost. You know they, I think they had a man, a, a player down. Then, then they lost it. Um, but like I said, the, going into the playoffs, they were pretty much battle tested, and that first round game was a tough one against Georgetown. It could have gone either way, mm-hmm. but they got they were able to knock them off, and then they took care of business with Jefferson. That third round game, the regional quarterfinal with Liberty Hill. I think a lot of people were expecting. Yes. Um, a lot from this game, you know, they could have gone either way, you know, and they were able to knock off Liberty Hill. They beat a really good McAllen team. That's also that had been state ranked. And then the shocker of the year, um, they're in Corpus um, to knock off Dripping Springs and penalty kicks. Uh, they were down then they came back, tied it up. And I was watching the live stream and, and you know, they're, Dripping Springs goalkeeper is going to, to Oklahoma State. And like, and I thought this with having that, a keeper at that caliber, especially what she did last year, I thought they were going to be the favorite to to win the PKs. But, you know, the, the Lady Chargers found a way to win and they were able to knock them off. And, and they just, just ran into a really good grapevine team that, um, you know, like I said, they had a lead, but grapevine came back. I think what hurt them was those – those th- throw-ins had a player that can throw 30 yards out. I think they had a, a scored a couple from that, and then they just couldn't recover for it. But, you know, what a great season. You know, I tip my hat to them. And, you know, they to knock off the defending state champs, who was the favorite, you know, says a lot about the program. And now, like I said, next year, you know, it's going to be – I think they're going to be one of the favorites for 4A now, now that Drupal Springs is no longer in Region 4, now they're in 6A. So I think they're going to be one of the favorites for 5A, uh, but they're going to have their hands full. They're going to have a, another tough district opponent, which is going to be uh, Spencer Valley. So that's going to be a very good game. So hopefully we'll find out when the 
when the when the schedules come out, we're gonna have to make sure make a visit to road the trip. road trip to that game because that's probably gonna be one of the games of the year. And then your champions, uh, they were a guest on our show here as well, the John Paul Second Guardians, uh, Taps Division Three State Champs. They were eight. Uh, uh, actually, that's twenty-four wins, two draws uh, for that here. Uh, they beat Northland Christian uh, in the area. They beat uh, Logos Prep Academy and Regionals. Beat Cypress Christian uh, in the semis, and they won the state title over the Convent School. Yeah, they got some revenge on that on that championship game when they lost last year. So they got it. They won it the year before. Lost to the to the Covenant School and gained, gained it right back. So you know, so congratulations to like I said to the Lady Guardians. Um, great program. What can you say about their program? You know, you know, we got to talk to their coach and their a couple of their players, and uh, they've have a foundation as far as. They're, you know, for that program to do a lot of great things. And I'm sure they're going to be in contention again next year. So they're probably going to be the favorites for Division Three in TAPS. And um, like I said, they don't just – they don't rebuild or they reload. And uh, so we're, I look forward to hopefully seeing them next year. And, you know, hopefully they'll challenge some of the teams, you know. You know, I love to see them play a team against like Reagan or or Bernie Champion. And so, so those will be, be really good games to see, see you know, where they're at. And I will say, uh, as far as for wins in the area, um, they had the most on the ladies' side and second overall in in the, in the area out of your top uh, top twenty rankings. So a, a job well done with, with the twenty four wins uh, for that here. So and, and as you mentioned with the JP two, they just reload uh, for that here. So before we move to the boys. Any any sleeper teams that you think that uh, to look out for next year that we haven't talked about? Um, now with the district realignment, it's I think five A is going to be very interesting now. Now that you have Swinson Valley and, and Bernie Champion in the same district, and, and like I said, Swinson Valley girls had a great season. I thought they were they were like I said for a lot of the most of the season they were my number one team. And I really thought they were gonna make the get into like the state tournament, but they had a tough loss with Westlake, who they had beaten in the, in the preseason. Um, so they're gonna have a lot back, you know, for next year, and it's it's gonna be interesting to see who that could be your regional final there, you know, for next year. Uh, don't don't count out Alamo Heights. Don't sleep on them. Uh, I think they they'll be able to be a contender. Um, hopefully one program that bounce back is MacArthur. I think moving down from 6A to 5A may help uh, is going to help their program and be competitive. They, they could be a sleeper team. Um, another sleeper team could be, you know, maybe the Southwest Lady Dragons. You know, hopefully they can build upon that. And, yeah, like what Coach kind of said, if, uh, and the private schools, you know, hopefully we'll get some more state champions. You know, JP2, great, great program. Hopefully – you know, San Antonio Christian and Tonian can challenge for that 6A title next year. And even also, um, even Coach Cano's team, um, they're at St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's Hall. Hopefully, there'll be contention again. For I know, I know they had a great, had a tough loss in Houston, but I think they have a lot coming back. And I think they'll be in contention for next year. And Dripping Springs, uh, so that way, keep getting more swag uh, from the Booster Club. 
Uh, <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be in six days. I'm sure. I'm sure Lake Travis and, and Westlake are happy about that. So my question to you is: Obviously, uh, JP two won, won their state championship. How close in your rankings was Bernie Champion overtaking them, or was you know if you finished state champion, was that kind of the default number one? Um, just kind of how close in, in your rankings, and I know rankings are subjective, uh, uh, no, no matter who puts them out, um, but just in your mind, kind of how close you know one and two were. It, it was close. Uh, um, you know, but winning the state championship does you know does matter, you know, and you know, but also when their wins and losses. But you know, you look at Bernie Champion. You know, look at the quality teams that they beat. You know, they beat Georgetown. They beat. Liberty Hill, they beat Dripping Springs, and they they had you know they for a while they were beating uh, Grapevine, um, you know, so it's it's going to be interest you know interesting next year for them, you know the hopefully they'll man, and they, like I said they end up going to Georgetown next year, so that's just how it was close. I think had Bernie Champion won, maybe they just looking at the quality teams they had on their on that that route they took. You know, so, really, really uh, could have made the tip the scale and had them at number one. And then we'll see also if we see that the San Antonio Christians moving down to 5A. So they may be, like I said, maybe down. Like I said, Santa Cruz Christian could be another contender for next year. So, all right. So yeah. then yeah. let's yeah. move to yeah. the, uh, uh, you know, love some drip. Uh, shout out to their awesome booster club for Burning Springs. Um, Rafa takes any drip from anybody, uh, you know, for that here, whether it's from Dripping Springs or anybody, and it can influence his rankings as, as I have personally witnessed. Uh, I'll just leave it at that, <laughs> uh, for that here. So for the boys, uh, anything, uh, anything stand out from the boys before we get into the rankings? I will say, looking at the records for the boys, uh, especially at the bottom, um, a little bit more losses. Um, not saying not saying that uh, they aren't as quality, you know, as as the ladies, uh, but you know the records do get a little bit closer, you know, to five hundred ish uh, along those lines here. So, thoughts on you know is there is there just a, a deeper is there, you know, more quality boy programs than there are the girls programs, you know, you know, for that here, or is it just kind of a run of the mill, if that makes sense? Uh, there's, I think there is a lot of quality more boys programs. They're more competitive, but also a lot of those teams got our kind of got out of their little box and went and, and challenged themselves. You know, they went out to certain tournaments and showcases, you know, because they know going in. Playing those teams, we'll probably see them again in the playoffs or a state tournament. So we want to know what they have and what kind the speed of the game and so forth, what type of talent they have so we can better prepare to prepare. Like I said, a lot of that prepares them for the district run because those, some of those districts that we have here for the boys are, you know, it's they're tough because, you know, it's like a, if you're playing a playoff game every day, every, every Tuesday or Friday. So – I think that's why you saw a lot, a lot of teams close to the 500, but it's about challenging themselves. And uh, hopefully, maybe, like I said, some that goes with the girls' teams. 
you know, there is a little gap as far as, you know, some of the stronger teams and some of the kind of the middle, kind of the middle teams. And hopefully that gap closes a little bit, but you know, it's also, it's all about challenging yourself. And that's what a lot of these boys teams did this year. Well, to me, the perfect example of that was what 29, right? Uh, where you had, you had a couple of teams that ran away at the top. Like I think it was Harlan ran away at the top and there was one and two, but what three and four all the way through eight it, you know it was a dog fight um you know on, on who got who got the final two playoff slots yeah. um and, and i know you know the reason why i follow that you know a little bit closer is because you know aj is going to be going to stevens and and you know i i live in that district so you know i know the schools a little bit more but to me that's that's the thing that 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 stands out to me is You've still got your elite teams, but it's that mid pack there where you know from three, four all the way down to six, seven, eight. There's not a huge gap uh, between between those. Where I think on the ladies uh, on the girls side here, it's closing, but I, I still think you have your powerhouses, and then there's it's a bigger gap. You know, you know, you know, from the mid pack to uh, to you know, you know, to the elite teams. I think a lot of it had to do with the opportunities on the growth side. You know, kind of the middle of the pack teams. You know, more hopefully more of them are getting to uh, getting to play club balls. You know, so that way they're playing throughout the year and only just to uh, just to improve their game and also their technique. You know, and that's that's going to help them when they start playing with you know with their high school team. So I think with the boys side, I think we've seen. We're starting to see that you know, so the gaps are kind of closing because everyone's has the more ability, availability to play some of those teams throughout throughout the year, and and a lot of them are familiar with each other because some of them are teammates. So, so I, I think I think eventually <laughs> that's going to help. But also sometimes and also when you add other on new school or, or when you have a, a school mm-hmm. district that's huge, you know, you do kind of lose out on some of the talent you know you can imagine maybe if there's some it was less teams in the district and there were more you know the waters it down a little bit more yeah then they have to separate the players you know you probably have some really really strong teams that could really do some damage in the playoffs so but it's everything's competitive and um and and that's great that's what you want and like i said you know some of those middle pack teams are looking forward to see if they can take that next step and, and challenge for those district titles and and make a run to the playoffs. So speaking of number 20 uh, in District 29 that I was kind of talking about, the Marshall Rams, uh, 12 wins, eight losses, four draws. Uh, they finished third. Uh, they lost to Laredo Alexander in the by districts. Uh, your thoughts on the Rams uh, uh, qualifying for the playoffs and, and uh, unfortunately losing to a team from Laredo? Yeah, uh, well, Alexander was a, was a district camp. So they, were, they were actually a very good team. They actually made it to the – to the regional semifinal, but the Rams had actually had that game. They were they were up, but they just ended up losing the lead, kind of similar to, to Man City. And um, but the thing is about Marshall, like I said, that you know they are in a tough district, and that, but it's going to be tougher for them next year because now they're going to be in 28 6A. Um, now that MacArthur's moving down to 5A, so they're going to take over that slot. But I think since they have the talent, I think they have the district. You know, I believe they have the district MVP on on that squad there in that Marshall squad. So we'll see what they do next year. Um, it's going to be a challenge for them. 
But I, I, I don't, you know, but they're gonna, you know, they're not just gonna roll over and and play dead for some of these teams. They're gonna fight, and don't be surprised if they can sneak in and get a, that fourth, uh, the third or fourth spot. Nineteen. Uh, speaking of twenty-eight, uh, the Brandeis Broncos ten wins, seven losses, uh, five draws. Uh, they lost to Smithson Valley in the by district playoffs. Yeah, this was a, this was like the surprise team this year, and nobody expected a lot from them. Um, I did get to see them play against Stevens, and they really, you know, took it to Stevens, and and they knocked off. You know, they had some quality wins this year. They beat Lee. They gave Reagan some game. You know, a challenge, and 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 this was. This was like a this was one team you did not want to play in the playoffs because they are they're peaking at the right time, but Spencer Valley was able to to knock them off. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be good next year. Um, they're gonna have a you know a lot of players back, and don't be surprised that they contend for that district twenty eight six eight title. So they're gonna move move forward with that pro. So they got something good cooking there at Brandeis. Here, here. Sorry, I was. Uh, uh, Coach Kano is uh, taunting me with Man City losing today. Um, uh, Davenport, 13 6 and 2, third in, in 4A 26. They lost to Taylor in the by district round. Yeah, Davenport, like I said, one of, the, one of the newer programs. Great season for them. Uh, they just ran into a really good. Taylor team that surprised a lot of people in Region Four. Uh, they got to the re- I think to the state uh, regional final. Regional finals, yeah, they went yeah. far. So that and that thing that they also had two really good forwards on that team that you know that was doing a lot, you know, doing well for them the, that season. Uh, but you know, I said Downport, like I said, they're in that tough district for twenty six, four A. I think they'll bounce back. I think I think they can improve on things uh, for for next year and. Uh, don't sleep on them. Like I said, they're, they're going to be a, a team to watch for 4A. Number 17, uh, Brackenridge, uh, 14-5, uh, 14 wins, 5 losses. Finished second in a, in a competitive 5A District 27. Um, and I think in, in what I thought was an upset, maybe you didn't, uh, mm-hmm. they lost to Medina Valley in the bi-district playoffs. I know I was thinking – I wasn't saying they're going to go far, but I did think that they would go, you know, win at least one or two games in the playoffs and not a, not an early uh, playoff loss. Yeah, I was surprised with that loss versus Medina Valley. I thought Brackenridge they had a good, they had some good talent on that team. Um, they were a contender, um, you know, for you know for District Twenty Seven Five A. Just just came a little short, you know. Like I said I was a little surprised on that, but. I think they'll be they'll bounce back next year. It's going to be a little bit tougher now for them because they are going to have now now Alamo Heights and also MacArthur in their district. So I, I want I guess I won't be surprised if Breckenridge can get maybe a third or fourth spot in the playoffs. So moving to the first tap school, um, one that's had mixed results: uh, nine wins, six losses, and one draw. They did finish first. Um, in taps, which I think was kind of a surprise um, and a disappointment all at the same time uh, for that just to on how their season went through. Uh, they did uh, beat uh, St. Prius X in, in uh, Catholic uh, in, in the area, um, but they did lose in the regional playoffs to the village school. 
for Central Catholic, you'd probably consider this a down year, uh, just you know, based on recent history um, from them. But uh, your thoughts on on, on the Buttons uh, season? Like I said here, it's one of those where, to me, it's you know they got hot. They won. They won their region. Mm-hmm. But outside of region play, it, it was a struggle, it seemed like. Yeah, they had a struggle this year, even the regular season. I know they went to North, uh, the North Texas uh, Showcase uh, showcase, and that didn't have really good results out there. I did see them play against Southwest, and Southwest really kind of took it to them. And I was like, oh, is this team going to be in contention for their district title? And I, I really thought Antonian was going to probably take that step and and knock them off, uh, but you know they were able to, like I said, they were able to get in a little hot streak in their district play. They were able to get that win over St. Pius the tenth, uh, but they lost to a very good Village School team. I think they made that made it to the state tournament. So you know, because this was like a little off, another off year for Central Catholic, which is two years because last year they lost on the first round. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this this coming year in twenty twenty three they'll bounce back, you know, maybe they'll have, like I said, they'll have hopefully some experience back and, and. and well, they dealt with some injuries, right? I think that yeah, was their yeah. issue this year is, the, mm-hmm. and I know Lee, we're going to get to here as well. Um, another one that, that unfortunately had the injury bug uh, uh, for that here, but uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see, you know, central Catholic respond because generally that, you know, that, you know, they win, uh, 15-ish plus games games in a year, and, and unfortunately seeing them with less than 10 wins, a little bit odd. <laughs> yeah. Just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, because they're accustomed to having you know, you know they have the three cha- the championship run, and you know I, I think Lana had to do was someone that's playing in in, in Denmark right now, but yes, <laughs> uh, but you know I think I think though like I said they're still a great program. You know, they have the tradition. They got the state titles. Great coach. I, great coach. They'll bounce back from this. And I, th- I think, like I said, they're going to be a team to watch next year. Um, and hopefully, like I said, they'll they'll get into a groove and, and, and get into that state, state, you know, state championship game again and, and we'll bring it back. Number 15, and I'll have a question for you uh, after this one here because uh, – the the end of the season a, a decision by the coach I don't necessarily agree and we'll rehash that topic one more time the Lee Volunteers uh, 15 wins six losses two draws they finished third in, in a district 28 they did lose in the first round to Clemens in the by district playoffs uh, they were the defending state champions uh, your thoughts on Lee um, in, in in a year which you can't say they underperformed because from my understanding they dealt with a whole lot of injuries to keep to keep to, to keep players and for them to be able to still make the playoffs in, in a very tough division just shows how much depth that they have yeah I, I I expected more from Lee but when I found out that they lost their leading score that changed a lot as far as you know with their play because they didn't have their go-to guy. And and I and then I first noticed that when they played against Brownsville Porter, you know they dominated that game as far as possession wise. They just couldn't finish, and they had great opportunities to finish. They just couldn't get it done, and and the, and that was a big concern there. So how are they going to react 
you know, how are you going to adjust not having a your go-to guy? And then we did see them play uh, a tournament in, in Alamo Heights, which they lost one of the teams from El Paso. Um, they just couldn't get get in the groove. And, you know, for a while they looked well in district, and then towards the end they just kind of fluttered a bit. And I, maybe, like I mentioned, the injury bug took a toll on them. And um, – I thought they were going. I thought they still had a chance to beat Clemens because, like I said, they they faced each other already, and and I, th- I still think they had enough to to win that game. Uh, but you know, kudos to Clemens. You know, they found a way to win and end up going to that second round. And for Lee, I think you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll bounce back. I think they will. I think I think they still have lots of experience, and also they have a great JV program. Um, there's some things that they do need to fix, um, and you know, and we'll see we'll see what they do next year. So don't don't sleep on them for next year. They're going to be a team that, you know, that's going to be looking for some redemption next year. So my bone to pick is they had a play-in game uh, for that here to finish. See who see who finished third, who finished fourth. Uh, I and Andrew, I've I know I've talked with you and Coach Kano on it before. I do wonder if retrospect, if they would have just been better off with the flip, you know, for because they did end up losing that game, and I know they thought that they were going to win that, you know, win the game. That's why they went and played it. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts as a coach, you know, because finishing third and finishing fourth, you know, looking, you know, looking at the the bracket here. Loaded here. So finishing fourth would have faced what this is 28, right? It was the for second place. Oh, for second? Yeah. So third place, second place, you would have faced uh, 28, 28, where's 28? Uh, Runner up Steel uh, versus uh, uh, Clemens uh, through there. So both quality programs between Clemens and Steele, but to me, and it just might be because I'm not a coach, you know, for that here, I probably would have would have saved the players and and took the flip on on the chance of that because it's a 50-50 chance. Am I just way off base on that <laughs> or not? <laughs> I think I think I think Coach Rogers wanted to get a game in to build confidence because they, they didn't finish strong. And then, but when you you're lost, at, but you, when you lose though, yeah, but that's, that's, that's the chance though. That's a chance. Yeah. But, you know, had they played steel would they, would have, you know, would they gotten a better result? You we know, don't know. I think they, know. I think they probably would have, but you know, just based on your rankings, but you know, yeah. but I think, I think, it just shows that, you know, they're not afraid, you know, they're going to go out there and do well, you know, it's just, he trusted his players and, and you knowing that if we get, they got a, a good win, it would have built momentum for propelled them. them yeah. It propelled them. And like I said, they would have probably beaten, you know, steel and then whoever they would have played on the second round, um, which, would, which, which would have been, uh, I think Vandergrift. Vandergrift. Yeah. Would have been Vandergrift. They would have still had a, had a good, a good shot of beating them. So, you know, it's just a roll of the die sometimes and, you know, but you learn from that and, you know, but like I said, he just showed that he had confidence in those players, but 
yeah, it's, just to me, it, it's and like I said, it may be because I'm not a coach and I've never been in that position. You know, just and especially where you talk about, you know, I know you and Coach Kano talked about the compactness of the playoff schedule to play that match and then to have to turn around and it goes what two three days later, yeah, play another match there, especially on a, on a, on an injury on injury season. Like I said, that's just me, you know, backseat driving, uh, you know, on it here. It's, I think, you know, if I was the coach, I probably would have done the coin flip. But, you know, like I said, neither's a wrong answer. Um, it just, it just to me, it, it's, it's one of those puzzling things that, that, you know, from my perspective, you know, just with the player self and along those lines, I probably would would have would have erred on the side there. But you're right, if they would have won you know, things could have been much different, you know, much different for them. So, yeah. but uh, number 14, uh, Cornerstone Warriors, uh, an independent uh, team, 14 wins, two losses, three draws. Unfortunately, because they're independent, they have no place to play for the playoffs. Um, and I know we've talked about it before, you know, hopefully they can find a home somewhere uh, to be able to qualify because obviously looking at the records and the results, they had a quality season. Yeah, that that's some good quality wins, and they went they went up to Dallas, play some really good teams up there, and and their team, if if they were in taps, they'd probably be one of the favorites, you know, for the, in this region. And I think they would contend against Central Catholic, you know, Antonian for, for that district title. So hopefully, like I said, hopefully they'll find a home in the near future. Number thirteen. O'Connor, the O'Connor Panthers, 14 wins, four losses, uh, three draws. Uh, they finished second uh, in the 6A uh, District 29. Uh, they lost in a match that you had hoped you, you didn't think that they would against uh, uh, your team that you dislike. I, I want to say the most uh, uh, out of all the high school teams that I've heard you talk about in Del Rio uh, for that here uh, in the bi-district playoffs here. So, good season i think the ending was a little bit disappointing though uh, not getting past del rio here in san antonio yeah that game was really when i watched the game and i've watched it in a few couple of times it, it they they were they seemed out of sync and and they lo- looked a little lost they made mistakes that they never uh, they didn't really make during the season um and you know i gotta give you know you gotta give kudos to del rio they took advantage of those you know um you know, honestly, thought you know that, and they had a lead, like I said, O'Connor had a lead, and they just ended up surrendering on a couple of defensive errors. And but still, a good season. They continued against Harlan um, all year long for the district title. You know, just a little short, you know, and, but no, nothing bad about finishing second in that district. I just expected them to make a little deeper run. Mm-hmm. I thought they would make maybe uh, at least to get it to the quarterfinals you know, in the playoffs because they had a very talented team. So hopefully next year, like I said, they'll, they'll make, they'll maybe one of the ferrets for next year to contend for that district 29, six, eight title. So in the 12th slot, uh, 21 win Lanier Volks, three losses finished first in five, a district 27. However, they got upset in the by district by Harlandale. Yeah, this is, one of the teams I heard, pray, I heard a lot of praise from others that I needed to go see, and great talent. But 
really hard. You got to give kudos to Harlandale. They had a great game plan. They they took them out of sync, and then um, Harlandale getting the lead um, really really kind of threw things off for the Vokes, and um, you know they just couldn't recover. Another thing, a lot I had to also do with you know it was something that me and Coach kind of talked about as well with the playoffs. You know, coaching matters, and and mm-hmm. it, there really weren't any adjustments made to to kind of fix, you know, to take advantage, you know, take advantage of certain situations, and like I said, or kind of get around the Harlandale's, um, you know, basically they're kind of played to park the bus a little bit, but they were good at counterattacking, and they just didn't have a good game plan, and so like I said, they had some, like I said, real talented players, but they just couldn't get through, and. Hopefully, like I said, next year, like I said, they learn from this and they can improve on this. But like I said, it's going to be difficult now. Now they're having, you know, having MacArthur and, and Alamo Heights in that district. Uh, number 11, Pleasanton, uh, 14 wins, four losses, three draws. Uh, finished second in uh, 4A27. Did beat Gonzalez in the by district and lost to Bernie in the area playoffs, which uh, we'll talk about Bernie a little bit later. Uh, so tough area match uh, for that here, but uh, you know, from my understanding, a, a great year for Pleasanton Eagles. Yeah, they had a good season. Um, they finished runner-up to Lavernia just in 27 4A. Uh, they beat a really tough Gonzalez team, which I heard. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know from Coach the Lavernia's coach. That they, they they had a really good program out there in Gonzalez, and I think I think they might be in the same district coming up this year, um, but they just ran into a really solid Bernie team, and uh, I remember talking to the coach Strong about that, that game before that that they flip home flip home and home, and like I said, Pleasanton won the home, you know the flip, and but Bernie was able to get the win there at their, their at their place, but the, the, for them for next year. Like I said, I think they'll, they'll bounce back, and like I said, they'll, they'll get in the playoffs again next year. Speaking of Lavernia, uh, they are in the top 10 at 10, 16 wins, two losses, four draws. Uh, finished number one in, in uh, 4A27. However, they lost to Beville Jones in the district uh, by district playoffs here. Um, Beville, if memory serves me right, went fairly decent in, in the playoffs here, if memory serves me yeah. correct. Yeah, you know, for Lavernia, like I said, I went to go see them. We had, because they had their coach on our show, and I already thought they were going to be the sleeper team in, in the region. Um, you know, they had, they had some great, you know, really great forward, great, you know, great players, you know, great touch of the ball, technique-wise. Just don't know what happened in Beville. You know, against Beville, and Beville probably had a game plan to kind of get them out of sync. And I know, look, the team's young, and you know, they haven't had much of that player of experience because I'm. He, I think they mentioned they lost on the first round the year before. But don't 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 be don't underestimate this team. They're in very good hands, and they're mm-hmm. gonna, they're returning a lot of Letterman back. And I think having those. Early, you know, first round losses these last two years. It's a bad taste in their mouth, and I think they, I think they want, they're gonna redeem themselves. I think one of the things, you know, it's going out there playing some, you know, some little, you know, some tougher teams, you know, playing up in a classification, playing some five A teams, just to prepare them. And but, you know, I honestly thought, you know, they were gonna contend against Bernie, 
and I would I would have loved to see that game and see how that turned out. But you know, don't sleep on like I said, they're gonna bounce back. Don't sleep on them. They're in, like I said, they're in real good hands. They're gonna have a lot of talent coming back, and hopefully they can get off that that first round monkey, you know, first round playoff monkey, and and make it make a deep run next year, which I think they can. They just have to get. Hopefully they they get to get the pieces together for that. Number nine, uh, Shirts Clemens Buffaloes, uh, 15, 6, and 2 draws. Uh, finished second in District 27. Uh, they did beat Lee in the by district playoff round, um, but they lost to Lake Travis in the area playoffs. So, one thing I noticed here, it seems like two years ago, Austin ladies roughed up San Antonio teams, um, but the, the boys' side did fairly well this year. It seems like it kind of reversed where the ladies. Uh, from San Antonio, got the upper hand mostly against the Austin teams, but on, on the on the on the boys, um, it seems like they did come up a little bit short against the Austin teams. Uh, you know, like Lake Travis. Yeah, Lee, like Clement struggled early in the in the season, uh, but they bounced back, and then they had a huge huge win over Spencer Valley during district play, and I think that raised the confidence level for for them, and they got they got hot towards the end. And they were able to get some payback from uh, against against Lee because, like I said, they played them in the uh, on a really good uh, game la- playoff game last year, and but they just Came ran short. Yeah, yeah, they just ran into a buzzsaw, which is Lake Travis, who's your who's your six A state champion. And um, but kudos to Clemens. Like I said, next year now the Swinson Valley's out of that district. You know they're probably them. I think them. They're probably going to be one of them and New Braunfels is going to be the favorites for that for that district title for twenty seven six A. Number nine or number eight, pardon me, uh, Antonian, uh, the last of the Taps teams uh, that or, that you have listed uh, on the boys' side here. Uh, Fifteen five and one. Uh, they finished second in Region Three, which we talked about earlier, which is probably a little bit of a disappointment for you. Uh, playoffs, though, they did uh, beat uh, Morning Street and Kelly Catholic. They did beat uh, St. Thomas, and but they did lose in the semis to uh, the Village uh, School in the semifinals there. So, thought on, on Antonian boys' uh, season? Yeah, I thought Antonian, this was their, their season to win the district title, you know, with the struggles at St. Catholic, but they weren't able to, to knock them off. But, you know, they had a big win in the first round uh, against uh, Beaumont Kelly, uh, who were the defending state champions and who knocked off Central Catholic the year before. So they got two quality uh, playoff wins and they lost to a very good the Village School, which beat Central Catholic. So that's a good, for them, it's it's going to be a good um, you know good foundation for for the next year. We'll see how how things go next year for them. Go compete in that Taps district and win win it from from Central Catholic, and and move forward, and then maybe hopefully get back into that and, and break through and get into the semifinals again. Number seven, number seven, Johnson Jaguars, seventeen wins, seven losses, one tie. Uh, they were second in in six uh, A twenty eight, uh, beat Steel, uh, but they lost to Austin Vandergrift in the regional or pardon me in the playoffs area playoffs. Pardon me. Uh, Johnson had a great season this year. Great talent, you know. Uh, close, you know. Getting beat, beat Lee a couple times, uh, especially on that uh, uh, that one game, that play-in game. 
Uh, great win over over um, Steel. Uh, just a tough loss against a, a really good Vandergrift team. Um, so they're they're going to be a team to look out for next year. I, th- I think I think they have the, the foundation, mm-hmm. and some good players, and I think they're gonna they're gonna contend for next year for that 28 A title. So a team that I hype up a lot, um, but runs into the same issues uh, year after year. And, and I know you've talked about this is probably the number one team that needs to uh, see about fate, you know, going up to Dallas, in my opinion. Southwest Dragons, 20 wins, two losses, one tie. Uh, they did finish first in 5-8-28. They beat Sam Houston, but they lost to Georgetown in the area playoffs. Uh, they also had, as we discussed earlier, a coaching change midseason, um, which I think at the time that we were doing the playoff shows probably impacted them a little bit during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for that here, I'm not saying that they would have or wouldn't have uh, gone further, you know, with the original head coach. Uh, but it, it seems like Southwest, they pile on the wins, you know, get off to an undefeated start. Uh, but when it comes to the playoffs, uh, it seems like, you know, they're having a struggle getting out of the area to get into the regionals. Yeah, I, I really thought they were going to really finally break through and get into the regional the regional tournament. And you know, you know, they just kind of buzzed off, buzzed all their way through District 20, 28, 5A. You know, there were, you know, there were the, the 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 elite team there. You know, they took care of business with Sam Houston, but they ran into a really good Georgetown team, and that, like I said, that was going to be a test for them. If they, if they can knock off Georgetown, they were going to be a team that, to be reckoned with, and. They they couldn't they fell short and uh, I'm sure they felt disappointed you know because like I said those is a, a very talented team and hopefully they can you know learn from this and you know especially schedule wise you know sometimes you know if you do realize if your if your district's not very competitive you know as far as your level as far as your talent level you know you do need to play some elite like elite teams to get you prepared for the playoffs, you know, you know, going up to Dallas or even playing that in that Austin showcase or even the governor's cup, which is they, they have a lot of elite teams that come from all over the state. I think that's, that's the, what needs, you know, needs to be done. And I think if that, if that thing that will help the program. And like I said, they have a good foundation down there. They have, like I said, they, they've built a good program there. Can't now can you take it to the next level? And the next level is beating some of these elite teams and then getting yourself into, uh, like I said, I know last year was a disappointment when they lost to Valley View, but you know, can you beat some of these elite teams and get in breakthrough and get into that state state tournament? So, with their realignment next year, they have Medina Valley, El Paso win, Harlandale, McCollum, Southside, uh, South Sand, and Southwest Legacy. Mm-hmm. So, out, you know out of the 5A conferences, it doesn't seem like they got tougher. You know, I know you mentioned District 27 got tougher, you know, with Alamo Heights and uh, MacArthur dropping down um, through there here. So n- next year, you know, they really need to, you know, kind of schedule a lot more, a lot harder. I know that they had a trip down to the Valley that I think they got to play one game, maybe two. Um, but one of their tougher games was, was, was unfortunately canceled as well yeah. um, down in Brownsville, if memory serves me correct. 
yeah, one of the losses was with one of the made a team they made it. I think to the was one was one of the top teams in Brownsville. So, but that was you know said that was a good start for that because they also had a little that little monkey on their back with the Valley teams. But I think moving forward, you know, you want to take that next step is you got to play some of these elite teams and you know you need to go to the governor cup you know going down to the valley playing those tournaments or even going to dallas or houston i, th- I think that will help challenge your players and also learn about that you know being in that adversity is going to help them especially when you come to a playoff game like this and i think you've hyped uh, harped on this here having a loss or two early especially if it's against a, a 6a school or a, you know a an elite level school is not a bad thing. And I think that's, that's been, I don't want to say it's a frustration of mine, you know, but Southwest does, you know, pull, put up the, you know, like, you know, 20 wins, you know, two losses, one tie, but it, it seems like when, when it comes to the playoffs and, and you said this, you know, the year one, when I think that they were undefeated for, you know, for a long stretch that they hadn't played anybody and, and come playoffs, it, it'll catch up. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, if you're listening, Southwest, like I said, you're a huge, huge fan. Hopefully you guys, you know, can take that next step. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, the, the out-of-conference scheduling is – or out-of-district uh, scheduling is, is something that hopefully uh, will we'll get much better. Uh, top five, you have Alamo, Alamo Heights Mules, 18 wins, eight losses, one draw. They finished uh, uh, second in uh, D26. They beat Georgetown Eastview. Uh, they beat Harlandale. Uh, they lost to Georgetown in the regional quarterfinals. So, thoughts on the Mules? Oh, um, District 26, 5A. Uh, that was another tough one because they had Dripping Springs boys who were the who made it to the reg- to the state sem- you know to the regional to the state final. Um, but they did had a quality win. They actually went up to Dripping Springs and beat them. So there were one of two, only two losses that Dripping Springs had this year. So that was a great confidence booster for, for the Mules going into the playoffs because they knew that first-round game against Georgetown Eastview, which they have a quality program as well. It was going to be a dogfight, and they were able to win that one. Um, they had some disappointment last year because they got knocked off in the first round. Uh, so they were able to get some little revenge and then beat a good Harlandale team, you know, able to kind of figure them out in the second half and, and pull away. And then this just came a little short against a really talented Georgetown, you know. And you could say Georgetown beat also, you could say they beat Southwest in the first round. So, and beating Alamo Heights in this in the quarterfinal round. So, so Alamo Heights, I think the boys will be, I think, next year. Like I said, they're they're going to, they're going to be the 25 5A. They're probably more likely going to be the favorite for that district title, you know. And like I said, I think they can still make run a deep run again next year. Yeah, because Alamo Heights will be with Breckenridge, Burbank, Edison, Highlands, Houston, Jefferson, Lanier, and MacArthur. So, um, and I think that was one of their concerns is, you know, is the the depth of the district isn't as deep as 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 they were in. Uh, for that here, and, and I know that there were some discussions on, you know, if they can move around, and, and unfortunately, that was where they were placed. Uh, number four, uh, Smithson Valley, uh, 22 wins, three losses. Uh, they finished first in District 27, 6A. They beat Brandeis. 
They beat Austin Westlake, and they lost to Reagan in the regional quarterfinals. So your thoughts on number four, the Rangers? Uh, they had a great season this year. I know they it didn't start well with that 5 nothing loss to Reagan, but they ended up winning like 20-something games in a row. And then they had a little bump in the road against the Clemens and um, well, I guess actually against the Braunfels. And that – that kind of that opens, you know, kind of like an opportunity for trying to Clemens and trying to win the district title, but there's a Switzerland Valley was still to hold on to win the district. And go and then they had a really stingy Brandeis team, which you know they were probably concerned because Brandeis had been surprising a lot of teams and but they were able to knock them off and then a big win knocking off a very talented Westlake and they beat them in penalty kicks mm-hmm. and they won a Tributa. So a great quality win, but then they just ran into a really good Reagan team. Like I said, this was like the kind of the it was a rematch game, and I'm I'm sure that five zero loss from the first time around, you know, that was in their heads. And yeah, I know me and Coach Connor were there at the game at Piper at Piper Stadium, and it was a great back and forth game. You know, Reagan took the lead, and then uh, since then it was you know got one back, but. They just couldn't, like I said, they just couldn't break through and get to, to tie things up. But they had a great season. And the one thing now, you know, they're now moving down to 5A. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be a team to, to contend with. And I think, honestly, they're going to be the favorites for that uh, District 26 5A. Um, and they may, like I said, have an opportunity to go deeper into the playoffs. I, I can see them going into the regional uh, uh, semifinal, like in the regional tournament next year, you know, so they're going to be, a, they're going to be a challenge for, you know, for a lot of the San Antonio teams for, from the 5A air, in the further 5A conference. So in that 5A, you got Bernie Champion, Comal Canyon, uh, Comal Piper, which I believe is a new school, right? Yeah, Piper, uh, you're going to look out for Piper because they may, I know they're a new school, but don't be, like I said, they're returning everybody back. So they may surprise some teams next year. Smithson Valley, Kerrville, Tyvee, Veterans Memorial, Wagner, and Seguin. Uh, that'll make that up here. Uh, number three, uh, Harlan, a uh, team that I, I followed here because I know a lot of their players, uh, or you know, at least on the girls' side, I know a couple of the, the, the players that uh, you know attend AJ's uh, club team. Uh, Harlan Hawks, 23 wins, three losses. They were first in 29. Uh, 6A, they uh, beat Laredo Nixon. They beat Brownsville Rivera. They beat, uh, beat Laredo LBJ. Um, however, they did lose to Lake Travis in the regional semis. So um, Lake Travis, obviously a very quality team. I think you mentioned uh, that they were the state champions uh, for that here. So obviously, you know, no shame in losing to Lake Travis. Uh, but uh, to me, they were probably one of the top teams um, in the area uh, along those lines, especially at the 6A level. Yeah, Harlan, I had him for a while for my, you know, like my number one team in, in San Antonio. And, you know, they had a great run this year. And and I know they were looking forward to that Lake Travis rematch because I think they felt a little cheated out of the last year, which I think they should have won that game um, but because of a bad call. Um, and I was looking forward for this game because we got to see the game and, um, it was just back and forth, um, and just just excited that you know that you know they got this rematch. But you know they were down, they got down, they came back on a equalized really quick, 
but they just couldn't build upon that. And like Travis took advantage of it and they was like able to get two other goals and end up winning three to one. Um, and I honestly thought this was Harlan's year to kind of knock off like Travis, you know, because of the experience that they had and that little chip on their shoulder. But, you know, mm-hmm. kudos to like Travis, you know, they were on a mission to, to win, you know, winning that state title. So next year, we'll see how, how Harlan has next year, what numbers they have coming back. Um, we'll see how Soto Mayor is going to affect them because uh, it is going to affect their program of sort of as far as their numbers, especially from the JV. The JV is moving up, you know. So, but I think I think they'll still be in contention for the twenty nine six eight title for next year. They'll still be one of the top top three teams. Number two, uh, one team that's been mentioned several times, uh, both on the boys' side and the girls' side. Here, the Reagan Rattlers, twenty wins, four losses, three draws. Uh, finished first in District twenty eight. They beat New Braunfels in the district by district. They beat Austin Bowie in the area. Beat Smithson Valley in the regional quarterfinals. Beat Laredo uh, Alexander in the uh, regional semis. And unfortunately, uh, they lost to the state champions in the regional finals uh, for that year. So a great year for uh, Reagan. Um, tough way to go out, though. Yeah, they, you know, this year, you know, they were one of the, the, the teams to watch. You know, I got like I said, the first game I got to see them was against Winston Valley, and that suffocating offense. You know, that pre- high press really gave a lot of teams a lot of problems. And and uh, and you know, looking back, you know, kind of looking, they like, hey, this may be the team that may knock off Lee. And sure enough, they're able to win the district title. Uh, I think they ended Lee's long district well, winning streak. Um, great win versus New Braunfels, which last year they lost to them in the first round. Uh, so I know, I'm sure they had a little some revenge on that game. Beat a really good Bowie team. Um, beat also, like I said, beat a really good Swinson Valley team. Uh, basically dismantled Laredo Alexander in the regional semifinal. And going into the fi- regional final with um, with uh, Lake Travis, it was going to like two style, two different styles, you know. And I really thought Reagan was, you know, kind of looking at both games, like like Travis's game against Harlan and Reagan's game. I really thought you know Reagan was going to be a little more fresher, and then how could uh, Lake Travis, you know, you know, uh, can they adjust to their their press, you know, and because no one had been able to, and Lake Travel Lake Travis was able to find a way, and they got a two two zero win, and end up winning. Like I said, they end up winning the six six A state title. Um, I really thought, like I said, Reagan was going to get into the state tournament. I thought they were going to knock him off, but you know, kudos to Lake Travis and their coaching staff and finding a way to win and getting a good game plan for that game. But uh, they're going to be a team to, to watch next year. And then they still got a good core of players um, coming up, you know, in that group. And I think they're still going to be the favorite for 28-6A. I think they're going to be – it's going to be neck and neck probably with them and Lee next year. And Johnson in there. So, so uh, like I said, don't be uh, don't be surprised if Lee can hopefully hopefully like I said Lee or Reagan knock knock the door and get get into the state tournament next year. You might just uh, fake dove. Uh, he moved his head and didn't make any contact, uh, and then fell down <laughs> and got a red card. Are you kidding me? Uh, so number one, sorry, uh, that's happening right now. It's. It's, it's it's a joke. Um, you bring home a title, the uh, back-to-back title, 
I'll let you uh, run through this here uh, on explaining the greatness that is the Bernie Greyhounds. Uh, what can you say about Bernie? Um, Coach Strong has a great program, and the scary part, which we talked to him a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, is that they're they're returning their defense and their goalkeeper. And what they say, defense wins championships, and they're gonna be. I think I think they're gonna. Could they get the three peat? I have, I have, I think they have a really good shot at getting the three peat. Um, they're just gonna have to uh, fix some, you know, some pieces there as far as up front in the midfield. But like I said, they don't, they don't rebuild, they reload. And knowing Coach Strong, I think, I think some of the younger players are gonna really step. And that's what happened this year. The younger players stepped up and and they, and they, they took the ride, you know, the deep run into the playoffs and. Got that state title, not like I said. The one interesting part about that, they were behind in a lot of these games, and they end up coming back and scoring bunches of goals and blowing teams out. And if you look at those playoff scores, the only competitive game they had was the final. Yeah, uh, so they beat Austin Achieve seven two. They beat Pleasanton five zero. They beat Austin East Side four zero. They beat Progresso eight one. The, and the regional finers, uh, Taylor, which, you know, had, had a great run, 6-2, Stafford 7-1, and then uh, Selena uh, was trying to do the double uh, for both boys and girls, and, you know, that, they were the only ones that gave them a game. Uh, well, yeah. and, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, just, you know, it, it was much closer, and, and, and that game went back and forth. Yeah, and, you know, and the, the, like those games, like I said, that semifinal game against Stafford, they were down one nothing, and then boom, they went on a seven goal rampage. And the same thing with this game: Salina scored first, um, Bernie found a, found an equalizer, and they they knew they. And the one thing I you know you can about this team, and and I, I know Coach Strong mentioned this. You know, they played very relaxed, they didn't have any pressure because, and he luckily told his players, you know. You know, they have to beat us. You know, we've already been here. We already got our ring. You know, they have to beat us in order to get the state title. And and I think that really helped those players, you know, stay stay relaxed, stay focused. And they were able to get that that the the penalty kick the penalty kick um score goal in that overtime and and now they have a, their their second straight state title. So congratulations, like I said, congratulations again to the Bernie Greyhounds. What an you know, excellent season. So that wraps it up. Uh, any surprises? Uh, you know, in, 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 or I guess I should ask the same question that I asked uh, on, on the girls' side. Uh, between Harlan, Reagan, and Bernie, was it close or this one? This one here, I think, was a clear, obvious one, right? Yeah, this, this was a clear, obvious one. When you win back-to-back -back titles, it it is. I think they're. I think they're one of the very few teams. I think the four teams in, in San Antonio to do that. It's very rare to win. A, it's hard to win a back a back to back state titles unless unless you're Frisco Wakeland, the boys, they won two in a row and they won like three out of the last four or five. Um, but the, that tells you something about that the Bernie Greyhounds program, you know, and 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 like I said, they they can basically kind of ran away with the top with the top with the top spot. But um, and I'm looking forward to see if they can they can do it again. I, I, I honestly think I think they can they're gonna probably pull up three peat. 
they just they just have the great they have the tools, they have the great talent, they have a great coach, and and that that comes into a factor a lot, especially in these playoffs, making the right decisions and so forth. So, but as far as with all the rest of the teams, boys, hopefully, like I said, um, you know, one thing we talked about is like the six A ball. You know, we still had another. You know, Region Four had another champion. You know, because it stayed in Region Four. Last year was leading this year was Lake Travis, and mm -hmm. I know Lake Travis is going to be rebuilding this coming year. They're losing a lot of seniors, so um, we're going to see who who can step it up. You know, as far as here in San Antonio for six A, I, I still think it's going to you know I think it's going to be between Reagan, Lee, and Johnson. Harlan um, <laughs> Harlan may have a little Harlan. Like I said, you know we'll see what they have and five five A. I think I think the surprise I think the one team that really look out is Spencer Valley Boys. I think I think they're gonna be they're gonna be dynamite. Now can they beat like I said teams like Georgetown, Eastview, Liberty Hill, um the Valley teams like Porter, uh Venice Memorial, that's gonna be it's gonna be a tall task for them. And you know, same thing with with Alamo Heights and then, then for uh, like I said, like you know, four A boys, you know, who's gonna challenge uh, Bernie? Will it be Lavernia this year? You know, could it be Davenport? Because Davenport has, you know, still fairly new, keeping a lot of great, pro, you know, a lot of players back. Or will it be a, another? We have two teams that are dropping down from five A to four A. Just Kennedy Memorial, you know, that's a possible, you know, a change a change of classification could be a difference. So, so we're looking looking real forward for twenty twenty three. Like I said, we have a new realignment. We have some new teams going to be playing next year. And like I said, you'll, I'm sure you're going to catch us out there live streaming some of these games and we'll hopefully get to cover everybody again. Yes, Matt. Uh, Yuma is a joke. We're doing a high school show. Can I, so I can't say what I tweeted, but uh, <sighs> through here, final question, not high school related uh, in about 15 minutes. Uh, CONCACAF finals uh, or Champions League finals kickoff 2-2. Seattle Sounders sell out 67,000, uh, I believe is what I heard, against Pumas. Who, 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 who you got? I know, you, I know you're real, real familiar with Liga MX. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is Seattle Sounders' game to lose. They have, they to, have win. to win it, right? They have to win this game. If they don't win this game, this, this is a perfect – you know, you got the 2-2 tie – I don't think they're doing they away. The away goal. No, they do away goals. Doing goals still okay. So they had the two-two tie. They got the away goal advantage. Um, Assuming that they they can keep it. If yeah. they can, I said if they get a goal, I think it. I think it might be done. It'll be too much of a tall task for them, uh, for Pumas. But it, this is a perfect scenario for them to finally kind of break through and. And and win the the Champions League and then go on to the the club championship, which I don't know the, who they'll play. Uh, they'll probably play the maybe one of the Asian or, or African club team champions and so forth. Maybe they'll get to play Real Madrid. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. So uh, Matt had. Uh, did you see any USL contenders from the high schools? Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about uh, play uh, players. Any players that you think that uh, could possibly, you know, sneak into a USL. Antonio FC uh, Academy, you know, uh, uh, and, and get promoted up to the main roster? There's a couple 
I think there's a couple kids that I did see that I think given an opportunity to be in the, you know, if they can get into the system and, you know, and play, you know, a few games, especially like, um, you know, with the, with the current Academy players that we have, um, I think there's a few talent out there. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think a lot of them are really going focusing more playing college ball, but I think there's about, you know, good, good handful of players. I think they can go play with the, you know, SAFC, get developed and who knows and be the next uh, Jose Gallegos, you know, I think, I think we do have, I think we do have a couple players that they can do that. They can step up. It was a great high school season. Um, what, it'll kick up uh, about six months from now. Yeah. Uh, with, right. Yeah. With taps um, starting in November. So hopefully we'll get to get so to go. Six months. More, yeah. Go, go more, get to go to more taps games. Um, and then the high school season will start uh, right after, right during the World Cup, <laughs> right after this. So right, right in the in the middle of the World Cup, the high school season will, will start as far as with the with practices and so forth. And um, we'll see who's the contender next year. And like I said, you know, I think a lot of the teams hopefully they'll they see what they did. You know, how, how can you challenge yourself and your players to take the next step? You know, we're gonna find out next year, and I know I did see some openings for a lot of the, some of these teams, and that's gonna change. You know, we saw one for Hondo that you know they had a really good first season. You know, for a great first, first season, season, especially on the boys' side. Yeah, they had a really good first season. Just fell a game short. Um, whoever takes that over that program, you know, can they? Can he take them to you know get into the playoffs and take that next step and? Um, I saw an opening also for like the O'Connor girls, you know, that's going to be, that's, that's, you know, some tough shoes to fill there. And we'll, we'll see what else pops up over the springtime who, you know, as far as openings, like the coach kind of mentioned about. Uh, so has he filled uh, the boys coach uh, already in, in 2023 uh, just recently name? I haven't caught the, caught the name yet, but uh, yeah. uh, I was hoping it was going to be you, uh, you know, for that year, <laughs> but uh, I know it's a boys coach and PE coach, so for that here. I know one thing uh, as we kind of tra tradition to um, uh, you know tradition uh, off here going forward uh, for the high schools, we are going to have it separated. Um, and one thing that I'd like to see, and as we probably get a little bit closer to the high school season, if you're a high school student that you know is looking at journalism or something like that here, I would love to see if we could bring somebody on that that you know, is near that age that has that perspective um, along those lines that can kind of, you know, because I'm 50, you're, what, 40, 30, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how old you are. I'm assuming mid-30s, 40s, uh, you know, for there here. If you're younger than that, I apologize. Um, uh, but I would love to see if we could, you know, maybe implement somebody that's younger that maybe has a passion for the game, you know, maybe for the media. Uh, just to kind of be able to come onto the show and kind of talk about um, yeah, more for the player side and, and, and for the younger kids, because obviously my kid will be in the high school, but I'm, you know, I'm a parent. And, you know, so my view is completely way different than, than somebody that's that, at that age. But um, there's some things that we are hoping to improve on the high school show. Um, I know Rafa's got some ideas as well that we're hopefully going to be implementing, but 
I know that's one, and, and I haven't ran that by you, Rafa, but I know that's probably something that you wouldn't object to is to have um, either somebody that is playing or recently played um, at one of the local San Antonio schools to have that. Yeah, and then also I want to thank, uh, like, again, Coach Cano for letting me be on part of the 50-50 podcast for his coverage, for the state coverage of high school soccer and and also doing a live commentary for um, – for you know some of the games it was great but i'm not sure we're going to do some more games next year and and also we like to have more coaches you know reach out to us we love to have you guys on here we want to we want to learn more about your programs you know like this year we had lucky to have like G, you know jump on the seconds coach uh you know Lavernia, um, you know Hondo, we talked to you a little bit you know just you know if your coach you know come on here promote your program we love to hear you <laughs> You know, and, you know, hopefully we'll, like I said, next year we'll, you know, we'll, we'll improve on things and any suggestions, yeah, you know, send it our way. You know, you know, one thing, one, and I also want to give thanks to, like, the support out there that we receive, you know, like, especially like Dripping Springs Supporter Buster Club and yeah, uh, Max, uh, even uh, the Texan Live get some kudos from them. I think they mentioned that maybe they're having an awesome <laughs> on some game live stream some games for them because he I guess he likes the the Andres Contour goal sounds and so <laughs> so and then also um we had some you know even and the I think the great thing about you know for, for us here you know we're also re, we're starting to get recognition also from the some a lot of the state you know some out of you know out of area teams from out of San Antonio from mm-hmm. Dallas Houston area I know we had a shout out from one of the coaches from up in uh, Dallas right. Yeah, from the Dallas area, we had one from the North Houston uh, coach from um, uh, 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 Brookshire Royal. Shout uh-huh. out to him, and you know, you know, because he was talking to some some coaches that are out west, and you know, hopefully next year we won't have a six hour. But <laughs> it's tradition, right? It's tradition. it's it's not it's not going to get easier. Um, uh, we I do think that you know we may between you and coach, uh, you know, just leave it at that. I mean, maybe have more preview shows on, on the road to bracketology, uh, for that here. But, uh, as we do wrap up, I do want to give, you know, a shout out to, uh, 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 you know, SA boys high school and, and club soccer at six, a underscore 28. Um, you know, he does a great job on with the scores, uh, lethal enforcer, um, you know, I know we kind of rivet each other back a little bit here, um, but for keeping up with stats and, and stuff or for, you know, for scores, he, you know, he does a great job of getting it out there. Um, although he is coming out already with a uh, very too early uh, ranking. So uh, I know we've been, you know, you know, I'm not sure how authentic uh, that is <laughs> for that. Here, I, I, I wait till the game start first. And before, that's the safe side of doing things. We've we've got some that don't do it. We do it, you know, after a couple of weeks have been played. um, And then we wait for a couple of weeks before, yeah, after the season ends to kind of let things settle down and review things. And then, you know, there's lethal that um, every five minutes sends out a power ranking or a ranking here, which, which is cool because it creates excitement uh, for that here. And I forget the gentleman's name out in El Paso. Oh, I forgot here uh, for that here. Um, there's a gentleman out in El Paso. I apologize. He works uh, for the newspaper. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on his name here. 
um, that came up and helped us with the uh, uh, the soccer bracketology. But uh, Rafa, you know, I want to catch the Concacaf Champions League uh, plus New Mexico and Sacramento kicks off. Um, I need to go have an adult beverage because I cannot believe Yuma got a red card for for a dive. What, what, what else did you expect from Yuma? <laughs> uh, he's like he's like the Rick the Rick Flair of of the USL, the biggest player. Oh, there's there's a name Felix Chavez from El Paso. Felix Chavez, yes, uh, from El Paso. He's the go-to uh, for El Paso uh, West Texas sports. We do need to get kind of connections a little bit more up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Scott, I know you're up in Wichita Falls. Come home for at least for the high schools, you know, Wichita, North Texas, that panhandle area. We, we know you're not doing anything. Um, you know, you know, it's 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 time to, to get back, you know, get back in the game. He might get into coaching because uh, his son's already playing soccer now. So he might get into, <laughs> be calling me up for, hey, could you send me, my, send me some lesson plans? Uh, but, uh, yeah, so let me, sh I don't You haven't seen this here. Um, let me, da, 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 remove. let me, you haven't seen this. Uh, and this is from Twitter here. So I think we'll be all right, uh, for it here. Uh, I don't know what screen is this? Well, the, and one thing there is going to be a, like a, like an all-star game coming up, I think. The 14th. That was, that was the force is what that was. Oh. All right, so. That was, that was, the, that was, that was the force is what that was. Yeah. That that's the red card. Red? That was, that was the force is what that was. Is he doing his Darth Vader force headbutt or? <sighs> I don't know. And, and like, so that's courtesy of FC Tulsa. Obviously the SBN off of, uh, you know, Twitter, social media through there here. Um. Yeah, just I. I would. They're at half now. I, I would love to see the ref come back and say, "Oh no, we're rescinding it. He's back on." But uh, I know they won't. I don't think that they can do that. But that would be the only fair thing into or to give Yuma a retro card for some BS BS reason to to level things out. That uh, they, they, I think they had some. I think they were. I think El Paso Loco was selling like. Uh, today, uh, Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars poster, yeah, because it's May fourth. Yeah, the, May the fourth be with you. Yeah, or something like that. Wish, wish SAFC would do something like that. <sighs> the blackout jerseys. They have the Darth Vader stuff. Well, like we could have done something like that. So, speaking of SAFC, uh, they get Phoenix on Saturday, nine thirty here in Texas. Uh, I know the checks are already in Arizona uh, because they uh, unfortunately saw the Man City loss in Tucson um, at some bar. I know Jonathan Check found a new beer, which he liked um, along those lines. Uh, be safe. Uh, like I said, have fun. Um, like I said here, we'll be back uh, Sunday. Oh, no, we won't be back Sunday morning. It's Mother's, Mother's Day. To all the mothers out there. And I know Royce, uh, I saw Royce is up in Chicago wearing his SAFC uh, stuff at a Cubs game. Uh, uh, he's a Cardinals fan, but hopefully they're playing the Cardinals. But uh, Rafa, your uh, oh your your final thoughts uh, before we let you out, so that way you can wrap up the high school season here. Yeah, just like I said, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, uh, especially my mom. They're back in Del Rio, um, and just uh, it's gonna be hot this weekend, so be it's gonna be over 100. So stay hydrated and. 
I think also I think May 14th there's going to be I think a game uh, sanction. Uh, uh, I think I think sponsored by Tasco, the Texas uh, High School Coaches Association. So you're going to have the top talent from each each four regions play like mm-hmm. a little all star game. I think it's going to be at Blossom. So you have an opportunity to check that out. And hopefully I'll be I'll be out there to check it out too. So and um, looking forward for next you know for next for 2023 and any like I said any coaches out there that want to come on you know we'd love to have you. We'd love to learn about your programs. Uh, Great way to showcase your, you know, your your campus and also your players, and then, like I said, we look forward to having having you guys on here. So, you know, like I said here, we will be back uh, periodically with the high schools. Um, If you're a coach that wants to come on, kind of talk it, we may go a little bit more academy focused a little bit um periodically maybe hopefully once a month just to kind of check in see how things are um, with the high school academies uh probably on wednesdays we're probably going to switch to more lower league soccer with the athenians with the uh sa runners with you know there's what four or five uh teams um you blossom surf um you know so that'll probably be pick picking up on here and uh, Coach Cano, uh, a poor il, uh, 14 uh, means that the, the refs gave uh, 14, 14 goals to uh, Real Madrid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, Rafa, I know you had a fun day, uh, like I said here, uh, and like I said here. Um, enjoy the soccer this weekend. Um, for that here, it, you know, we'll give more information on the uh, high school uh all-star game that you know i think there's two it's for all all uh all levels right so that's what, all four? Senior. yeah there'll be region like i think like region one versus region two and three. so what six like matches that. 12 matches boys and girls right uh, i think most likely. i think two matches i think just two matches so it's four, region four one matches, versus for boys uh two matches for the boys and two for the girls i believe so they're so are they doing like 6a and then 5a 4a or is it kind oh, of it's a, all, all mixed in all mixed in for the region. I know they're doing region one, region two facing off, and then region three, region four are facing off. I, I did see that. I just didn't know how they were. Like the power rankings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Uh, what's life without goals? Uh, we'll see you um, maybe next Wednesday uh, with an SAFC show uh, for that here, just for the fact that uh, Mother's Day is this weekend and um, – we, 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 you know, we got to, uh, you know, we've got to make sure the wives are, are, game, are celebrating. The, the, the Houston game. Oh, yeah, the Houston game. Uh, so Monday, Maybe Tuesday. Thursday. Tuesday or Thursday. We'll <laughs> Tuesday. Maybe two shows, Tuesday and Thursday or Tuesday yeah. and Friday because uh, it's a three-match week yeah. uh, for that here. But uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we hope you have a wonderful day. And what's life without goals? We're out of here.